Vancouver with Product Hunt Radio. I'm here at Daniel's, it's Daniel and Kevin's place. Andy lives here too. And, oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, you guys are like <laughs> living together and working together. Yep. How do you survive, well, maybe I'll ask you that later after the show's <laughs> over. And also Angela's here as well. Hi. So, how's it going Angela? Good, how are you? Doing well, doing really well. It's beautiful over here in Petrero. It's really sunny. It's always a sunny day in the Mission in Petrero Hill. There's it actually is. an index in San Francisco for the sunniest neighborhoods and this is the sunniest. Really? More so than I, the mission? I apply numbers to all things. <laughs> no, you, but you I didn't make that index, but it exists. You quantify everything, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> and you have to work for it because you got to climb up this huge hill to get up here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I took a, a lift, so I cheated. But Angela, do you want to introduce yourself? What are you up to? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm an invest- investor at Version 1 Ventures. And just a little disclaimer, we are a an investor in Mattermark. Uh, I'm Danielle. I'm the CEO of Mattermark. We're a tool used by investors and biz dev folks and anyone who wants to figure out which companies are healthy and growing and that they should be working with. Great. I'm Andy Sparks and I'm the COO and co-founder at Mattermark. COO at our company basically means that I'm just a VP of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) He goes on missions. (laughs) Yeah, nice. So right before we started recording, Danielle uh, admitted to the fact that she's addicted to secret. Yeah. And so I'm just going to go straight up and ask you, what is the uh, most revealing secret that you're willing to reveal to the podcast? Oh, about myself? Yeah. Do you put anything Have that's actually... Have I anything good? Like, yeah. But I don't want to reveal it. It's I know. like, that's the whole point of the app. I know, I'm breaking the rules. Isn't it enough that she admits that she likes secrets? <laughs> I mean, I think it's yeah. bad enough that I... I think secret's the first app I check when I wake up. Really? I find it just like, before I have to deal with real world shit, like, Twitter is real people, but like, this is just sort of... It's like reading fiction. I like yeah. it. It's like almost like reading a funny book. When do you use Secret? Like, I work and live with you in... <laughs> in bed. <I> just... <laughs> that's the only time that you're not with me, so that's pretty much when I use it. <laughs> so what do you, when you open up Secret, what are you looking for? Is there anything that is just you don't know, or is there um, anything that you're Okay, I definitely for? try to figure out if the posts are from my employees on my like, friend's feed, <laughs> and like sometimes I can tell, and I'm like, oh, yeah. that wasn't me. Um... I don't know, like, it's it's just funny. I think it's, it, people talk about stuff they would never talk about. Like, they talk mm-hmm. about sex a ton. And I think that that's a huge part of life in our culture. But, you know, we're like a pretty prude culture. So, it's just kind of funny. It's a completely different feed of thoughts from Twitter. Yeah. I don't, I find it, like, that's kind of what the real world's thinking about. I feel like it reconnects me to, like, the core stuff people care about instead yeah. of just, like, the front. Because you don't have to put any front mm-hmm. up. There's a lot of really funny stuff. Have yeah. you tried Whisper? Uh... No, I haven't. Is that the one with the really ugly fonts? I feel like yeah, with like the yeah. images. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, so. The thing I will say about Secret is it's quite beautiful to it scroll is. through, yeah. and I it think is. that matters. I remember Whisper using Whisper and being like, "Is this like Comic Sans? What is this?" So yeah. it's just not for me, I guess. Yeah, I mean, once Whisper, I find something I like, I'm like, I don't really need to like try all the other things. Yeah, there's actually an interesting use case on Whisper that you know a lot of people they post something and then people can start a private chat. So on Whisper, it's much different that you can talk one on one with someone anonymously. Yeah, that's more like Snapchat in a way too. Right. Although Snapchat's not anonymous. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. but a lot of people will, and from what I've heard, is they'll start talking with someone about their problems. Maybe it's like something as extreme as like suicide or relationship problems or something like that. And it's it's like kind of emerging behavior that's coming out of more of this uh, casual kind of passive, I think. Well, uh, it's interesting tool. you say that because people do push a lot of conversations over to Anonafish, which yeah. is a like separate product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's actually probably a problem for Secret because all these really like high value conversations that are connecting human beings aren't happening on their platform. And they're like, for whatever reason, they still haven't shipped 
their own version of private chat. So I don't yeah. know. I mean, maybe they'll buy a Nani Fish because now it's sort of, it's like it's kind of like how Twitter people created their own um, features. It's kind of Hashtags, now a feature. Retweets. It's like this yep. is my handle. So I I wonder like do the, is there like a ticking clock where if they don't do it soon, they're in really big trouble. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, a new app that hasn't released. Actually, no, it has released, but it's intentionally quiet, and it's called Kindly, and it's taking that behavior on Whisper and making it its own app. So you can open it up, and you can one choose to talk to someone about a certain issue, and you can choose which category, and it will send people that are available or just people that have the app installed mm-hmm. a push notification saying someone's talked to you about everyday life or relationships or uh, you know anything like that and it initiates a one-on-one conversation with that person and it it's actually pseudonym so it's not anonymous but you mm-hmm. could be anonymous with a pseudonym and i like the concept because it's it's a little bit rough around the edges but if people have an issue like where do you go to turn like you don't want to talk to your friends sometimes about it you don't want to talk to your family you can go to a psychiatrist or something but that's like a lot of work now there's this little psychiatrist in your phone that's like ugc mm-hmm. it's like everyone's the crowd that's helping you and i think it's compelling I think it's interesting. I don't know if it's going to work. I haven't really used it. It's interesting. I mean, there's a lot no of problems, stigma so. <laughs> around getting therapy. So if you can figure yeah. out a way to make people feel safe, it seems pretty valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And so I think they're seeding it with some actual psychiatrists and actual professionals so that they have a good ex- like first time experience. That's the hard thing. Is how do you actually get to a point where you have enough users to like use a service like this? But when yeah. it's one-on-one, it's tough. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Andy? Anything you've been playing with? What have I been playing with lately? Yeah. Um, I think that the, most of the stuff that I've been playing with is pretty boring. Like, uh, I use Sunrise, the calendar app. I do too. Um, so Sunrise, every single time Sunrise has, has an update or a new product on Product Hunt, it's at the top because for whatever reason, Product Hunt people love Sunrise. Well, and I think that people just want a new calendar really bad. Like, the, yeah. like it's amazing to me how little Google Calendar has changed since it launched. Like, mm-hmm. one of the yeah. most, uh, like, the one thing that I noticed recently is they added by default. Like a Google Hangout is added to each calendar invite, which is really confusing. By default? I, yeah, by at least default. it is on mine. And I need, maybe I just need to go turn it off and I've been lazy. But like, yeah. The defaults uh, matter. Yeah, the mm-hmm. defaults do matter. And now people call into like a Hangout, like, oh, I was in the Hangout. And I'm like, no, there's a phone number in it. Like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think people just want a new calendar really bad. And Sunrise is a pretty excellent solution. There's still a couple of things that are like small details that I hope that they improve, but I'm sure they're mm-hmm. working on that stuff. Uh, but like the basics of a calendar are a big deal and I was talking to someone else yesterday that said that um, they did a survey and a bunch of like note taking apps are something that are really important right mm-hmm. like, really basic things and there's still a ton of apps people are trying to solve this was problem. that Noah's nailed thing it. Yeah, yeah okay yeah I read that <laughs> his draft yeah no it is interesting it's and it was with high schoolers and college age right, too, right? right. and the biggest yeah. thing that they wanted was just a better productivity app yeah um so that and you know what I'm actually pretty amazed by as a product is that the I'm really amazed that the Audible app is as kind of as crappy as it is, like it just works. It, right, it does, it does <laughs> like, what it needs to. It, it does yeah. do what it needs to, but it's just kind of like it's amazing that it, what you really want is you just want to listen to an audiobook, right? And yeah. you don't really need anything fancy, but at the same time, some of the interface stuff is so clunky. Yeah, I, that's how I feel about Stitcher, and I think this may be the third time I'm mentioning Stitcher on the podcast for whatever reason. I, I use Stitcher because it works, but it, there's just so much stuff on it, and there are too many taps to get to where I want. All I want to do is listen to like This Week in Startups, This Week in Tech, like my two shows I've listened to. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, I use it every time because it just it works, but it's not great. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what you I know, feel like calendar apps are sometimes too. I actually feel like I, 
I don't use apps as much anymore because things on the mobile web are actually getting better right now. Yeah. And so today I bought a product. I bought uh, juice delivery just on the mobile web because my my computer was dead. And I actually realized like that's probably the first time that I bought something with my credit card on my phone hmm. that wasn't in a, an app itself because usually it's such a <laughs> shitty experience to put your credit card in. Um, but this is like a juice delivery service and it had like just a completely scrolling interface where you like tap all the things you want and mm-hmm. check out. And I wonder a little bit for me, because I keep thinking I'm boring for not having apps, like <laughs> the stuff I need, like this company Thistle, doesn't. it's a juice startup, doesn't need yeah. an app. And I don't know, like there was just this post in TechCrunch, right, about how all these apps aren't making any money, which may not matter, but like mm-hmm. it's a pretty big investment to right. just like get people to have a shopping cart. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if you really need it. The one that I've gone back to recently actually is Clear. The it's a task. Yeah, the task manager yeah. one. And I don't know how recently they came out with a Mac app, but I just discovered it again recently. So I used Clear when Mac it came out years Clear? ago. Yeah, they have a Mac app. It just and seems it syncs, odd to me. It syncs to your iPhone. It's I like it because it makes me keep my tasks really simple. Yeah. Like you can't have a million things in there. You can't have seven projects for Mattermark and three things that are personal and like a. Yeah. Dad told me to do this thing. Like with Clear, it's like these are the most essential things. That Does you're your dad still telling you what to do? Well, you know, they're coming out here in a couple of weeks. You can, actually like, have okay. you can have multiple projects on Clear. You can, but you, like, you can only reasonably have so much that fits on your iPhone. Otherwise, you have to scroll down. You're just gonna oh, miss it. Yeah, so you yeah. Just um, naturally don't. So I feel like it limits the amount of tasks that I can actually feel committed to. And yeah, I've been using that a lot lately, and it actually yeah. has been useful. Like I actually I remember checking one off today, and I felt really good because I've been working on it. For, like, there's something satisfying about I'm using a Moleskine notebook here. It's something satisfying about doing a to-do list on this because the action of, of crossing it off is so satisfying. It is. So it it's not the same thing as clicking a little I like, still use done button. Yeah. How do you guys deal with um, to-do lists? Do you use any product? Yeah. Other than Clear? Yeah. Well, Clear and then I use Asana at work actually. Because uh, like, mm-hmm. yeah. The only thing that Clear doesn't do is repeating tasks. Mm. So there's a lot of stuff that I do every day. And it's easy to just kind of forget doing one of them one day, and the next day it's like, oh crap, I missed that. Yeah. Um, so I use Asana at work, and I use Clear. That's pretty much it. For... Yeah, I use a little app called Anxiety for. It's a great name. <laughs> great name, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Mac app, and so it has a similar oh. feature, which is that it only like really is valuable if your list is relatively short. So it yeah. it sets you up to naturally continue to clear things off of it. It's nice just because of the way they've built it. So it like it sticks on the screen in a certain way where like it st- it's over everything else no matter like mm. even if you minimize the window it's just like it, it keeps the focus um and then i also still actually use paper so my journal has my like long-term strategic things and my practice is to go back and actually write o- on top of old entries like updates mm-hmm. to myself about like what happened like in a different color pen hmm. And I know that seems old school, but when you're thinking about strategy stuff, a lot of it is like these long, like a paragraph or a sentence or a whole page just about like, what is this thing? Mm-hmm. And I feel like no task management tool I know of really, like um, Pivotal Labs tried to cover that with like stories concept, but it doesn't, mm-hmm. like in the interface, yeah. it doesn't look good. Yeah. Like it's almost mm-hmm. like each, each of those strategic things is a blog post. Right. And to me, I'm going back and I'm editing and I'm you know, annotating it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of how I work. It's interesting. I actually, I keep an Evernote of like all the product ideas that yeah, I come do. up with and I hear. Like, I have everything I've ever heard in an Evernote. And if we're working on it, it's in blue. And if it's like not even touched, it's black. And if it's finished, it's green. Um, and so yeah, I just go through it and I add things. And every once in a while, I'm like, I wonder, do we have? Oh yeah, we actually haven't heard that before. But then each week I do that with our sales team. Is I just ask you know, salespeople, what's your biggest like? What are the three things you think are the most important things yeah. for us to be working on right now? 
and they have to pick, right? Because there's a million things you hear on the phone. You yeah. have to pick the three things. And then we do like one-offs. Like, oh, I heard this one interesting thing I hadn't heard before. Yeah. Uh, and those are useful because we end up, like we actually did one of them last week. It was like a really simple thing. And we're like, why don't we just go do that tonight? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but the priorities, that's, that's important. So yeah, I guess the ever and ever note is like where I really transfer all of my feedback, which is really just a giant to-do list for the company. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like Evernote, but I started using Hackpad instead just right. because it's super simple, mm-hmm. great for collaboration. Yeah. Evernote's um, another one that I'm like, is there what such happened to this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just got too complex. Right. Um, well, it got too complex and not in a way that's really that helpful. Right. Like, it's almost overwhelming. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there isn't like a remove formatting button in Evernote, like a thing I want oh, to really? just paste stuff into. I can't just remove it. I have to go to Gmail and remove formatting. Like this, why is that the only place? Why is that the only place I go can't, to to remove formatting? Can you do Command Shift L or V? It's like one extra Shift keystroke. That yeah, I, just never, like, I do never... that all the time because the worst is when you paste. Wait, in... I don't know this. Command Shift V, paste without uh, formatting. Paste without formatting. Yeah. Oh fuck. Or just I didn't know that. Yes. All my life. <laughs> yes. Okay, this is now. This is totally worth it. Like, well, actually, long. it's paste paste and match style, so it's even better. So it matches existing formatting. Oh. Yeah, you can go edit, paste, Holy and match. Holy crap! Style. Oh, I know. My mind is blown. I, I just want to remove. I want to remove. I know. I'm writing this down. Hand. This is important. <laughs> yeah, I know. My job well, is here. Here's yeah, done. Your job. Thank you. Guys. Done. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Um, so that kind of like touches on something we were talking about earlier. Not to like totally redirect us, but like yeah. that's old school. Like that's just keyboard shortcuts. And we were talking about all yeah. the other old school things. Like what else don't I know? <laughs> I know. What is? I forgot the name of it. There's there's an app you can install on your MacBook that will show the shortcuts to actions that you're doing that you're clicking. Oh no. Yeah. What I, is it? I wish oh, I could. Oh man. I'll have I to pull it up that. afterwards. But so if I go up to edit, let's say paste the match style, it will show on the screen what the shortcut is for that. So it's like very obvious. Mm-hmm. And then when you do, start doing other actions like maximize your screen, and be like, oh by the way, the shortcut for that is this. Oh my god. Oh. We're just human so, APIs. You, so horrible. <laughs> yeah. I hate that. You should tell the story about uh, your old boss that made you not use the mouse and only yeah. use keyboard. Oh yeah. Shots. Well, like, we had this. I worked in a shipping company, and we had this old, super old, like I think it's like AS five hundred uh, system that had been converted, and it didn't really work with a mouse. So like, yeah. you can't click on a cell in these things and actually go there. You have to tab. Oh yeah. So they just like they after a couple of weeks they just take your mouse away and they make you just work until you figure out how to use all the keyboard shortcuts. It was actually awesome. It's so much I more still efficient. Didn't learn all these things. Yeah. But then when I started learning Emacs, mm-hmm. like when I started coding, like without an IDE, it was awesome. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, this is this is so great. You're not moving your hand all the time. Yeah. So now it's like this is just the next level. There's an engineer I worked with at Playhaven early on, and he would not use a mouse for anything, even browsing websites. He would tab through links oh to gosh, push on so links and like. <laughs> I don't know if I would do that. I feel like it would feel like StarCraft all the time. Like it's like yeah, yeah, you know, like it's complicated. Yeah, what's your, what's your a- APM? Yeah, what's your APM? Because yeah. you're yeah. like using the internet. I wish yeah. I could have like an app that would count my APM. Uh, actually, oh, that would be cool. On uh, on the brow on the desktop on the desktop that would be cool. Somebody uh, build that. Somebody if it doesn't exist. Yeah, please. Would you? I'll, I will promote Internet. the fuck out of it. <laughs> you know what's weird is I've actually been downloading desktop apps again. And that's pretty new for me. Like I downloaded Front App, which is a like an email slash like mm-hmm. collaborative inbox tool. So yeah. it's actually not just for email. It's also like my Twitter for our company. We like still figuring out how we want to share it. Mm-hmm. Thought I would give it a try. But I, I find myself downloading apps again for my desktop, and it's been a while. Like, it's almost like I lost interest in mobile stuff, and I've yeah. regained interest in desktop stuff. Maybe that's just because I'm getting old. Did you read that article by Ryan Lawler on TechCrunch two or three, maybe yesterday? And it was about 
he was, his hypothesis was kind of around the concept of like the revival of desktop apps and how oh, but I you know Sunrises has their own desktop app which they released recently. Mailbox is releasing there soon, and a lot of these mobile first companies right. now are expanding into the desktop. Well, that's the key: is you want it to be cross-platform. You want to be able yeah. to use it on your desktop and your mobile yeah. device. Yeah, which going back to Clear, I didn't realize they even had a desktop right. app. Right. Uh, and I don't know what the why that's happening now or if it's really a, a theme or a, or a trend right now, but if you can capture that attention and that engagement on both platforms, now you're even more locked in, ultimately. That's so true. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, if you're doing something on the desktop, it's probably because it's mission critical to your work. Yeah. And that's... Well, there's certain, I mean, times, there's certain times of the day when I'm in front of my desktop no matter what, and there's other times of the day that I'm, I just have my phone and I'm not yeah. going to go like grab my computer from upstairs and to add a task, right? Yeah. I'll just forget about it. It really just depends on the application. And I think if you're yeah. dealing with kind of B2B products, it's, I mean, I can't imagine not having a desktop version that's mm-hmm. user-friendly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, this, yeah, I totally agree with this post. This is awesome. I guess I, maybe I read this and he inceptioned me. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he basically wrote what I said and I think he did a much better job. So yeah, I think this is... Sometimes I think Twitter incepts people more than there you There was expect. a gap from 99 yeah. to so 2009 where most developers were not building client apps at all. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. so no one's marketing to you client apps, so yeah. you're not downloading client apps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so Claire is something that you've been using, and I'm curious about it. So do you want to describe Claire? Because I haven't yeah. used it myself, I only you know the high level. So Clara is my assistant. We actually call her Claudia because uh, <laughs> we call her Claudia because she did, Clara didn't have a name when we when we started mm. using it. I remember we were saying like, what's a good name for like Claudia. this person? <laughs> she has a she has a LinkedIn account. People try to connect really? with her on LinkedIn sometimes. Does she tweet? No, but she, I think she has a Twitter account. We had a meetup. We had like our one year anniversary. <laughs> we had our one year anniversary for Mattermark, and some the, some she guy came. Raise. In, some, no, some guy came in. He's like, "Where's Claudia? Like, I want to meet Claudia." Yeah, no, we were like, people really. always like, "Is Claudia here. joining the meeting?" And we're like, uh, "She's not real." So Claudia, for those who don't know, Clara is a assistant AI, and so what you do is you just CC her and emails in completely natural language. So like, say Angela and I are emailing, and I like it gets to the point where it's like, okay, we need to coordinate. I'll just say, okay, like. Claudia can help us coordinate calendars to get something set up. And then she replies with some times that work for me. So she replies in natural language. So for Angela, she can't tell that it's not a human. Mm-hmm. And that's nice. So they're, they, and, and she facilitates all the back and forth around the calendar. Mm-hmm. Because the biggest um, problem that I've had is, one, people don't like to use like Tungle or some of those scheduling yep. apps. It just feels very impersonal. So you go to right, the website. Right. And, and it's yeah. also just like it doesn't feel like that high touch aspect of like being cared about. And then people don't want to share calendar access for all sorts of really good reasons. So, yeah. like, Angela's maybe not going to share calendar access with, like, you know, 99% of the people that she mm-hmm. talks to. Um, and then it, it puts a meeting on your calendar, and then you have the meeting. And the coolest part about it is you can, like, email Claudia, like, hey, change my preferences to this, or, like, just whatever. Yeah. You can talk to it like it's a person. And the reason you can is it's part AI and part humans. Yeah. And so it's, like, the best of both things. It's not cheap, but yeah. it's, like... I was going to hire an EA for myself and my sales reps to help with calendaring because we got to that point. Mm-hmm. But this is so much better because it's scaled endlessly. Yeah. And I'm paying, yeah. I think, four or five hundred dollars per person per month. To per person? Per person? Per yeah. person? Like per, in the company. Per person in the company. Yeah, yeah it's not cheap. But if you think about it, think about the alternative. If I hire somebody, say I pay them like 75K of salary and, bu- yeah. and benefits and a desk. And like, I have to train them, and if they don't work yeah. out, I have to train a new person. It's like, it's very quickly completely worth it for like anybody who's doing any like revenue generating activity right. or yeah. like, you know, an executive or any leadership. We have like a sales mm-hmm. development rep that's sitting there helping their sales reps. 
yeah. scheduled meetings. It's, and, it's uh, just it's, yeah. it's a straight up job replacement. Yeah. And this is just for scheduling, right? Because mm-hmm. I think I saw on Product Hunt today or yesterday Jarvis, mm-hmm. which which does a lot of other things as well. Is that yeah. 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 I actually think that the the reason I think Clara is going to win in her, in this space is because it doesn't do a lot of things though. I think that the value here is that they could do other things. I would trust them with other problems, but mm-hmm. this problem is like so painful that I'm kind of like, please don't work on other things. Like, yeah. please just make <laughs> this really, really good. You know, what's funny is this week. Actually, I think it was Friday for the first time. Claudia scheduled with another Clara. Oh, <laughs> that was amazing. So yeah, there was a, a little Turing test had to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was a customer in Boston, and yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh my god, do you use this too? And like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was the first I screenshot of it, sent it to everyone that Clara on Clara. Yeah, yeah, Clara on Clara. Yeah, yeah. Did it work? It did well, work. See, the thing is they it's have access to both the calendars, so the emails <laughs> go really fast. So it's even more they don't even have to email each it's other. Kinda it's kinda like just done in the back movie her yeah. where she like she's like, Oh, I'm actually yeah. talking to like three hundred people at the same time. It was kinda like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was <laughs> so weird. That's trippy. Great movie. You know Super CC? Michael Galpert. So he he launched Super CC. Yeah, so he's, he's been working in Super CC. I don't know where he's at with it. I think he's been experimenting with some other things in that space. But it it does, it sounds like very similar, if not the same thing. So you uh, email super, I can't remember what the address is, but like add at super.cc and it would do the same kind of thing. It would use a combination of humans and uh, machine learning to schedule meetings. And That's cool. For me, I'm, I'm like nervous to do that because... I don't yes, think I pain. want something free. I want something that like is like it's expensive not, so that it matters. True, that's a good point. Well, that what makes me good. nervous though? So what makes me nervous about it is, it I would love a service like that, but the the five percent chance or like that back of my mind, I'm thinking they're gonna schedule the wrong time or you know with the wrong person or something's gonna happen. And if that happens one of the twenty times, then that's like that that's terrible. I can't like have the wrong meeting scheduled, you know. Yep. Right. So I I'm, I can't trust it. I can't trust the machines. I think that's, that's why Skynet. Again, you have to let go. That's why the human, the human piece is so important because like a human yeah. is doing exception management and like we have yeah. had. I love Clara and like we have had issues. It's a new product and mm-hmm. so the coolest part is being able to be like, you know. Like sending an email to Claudia at Mattermark and being like, "This is yeah. messed up," and actually having the the machine say, first of all, I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> she's a human," <laughs> and like then fixing the things. The best thing though is when you have to cancel your all your meetings for the day. Like you're sick and you need to mm-hmm. cancel. Like Clara, I'm sick. Oh, you can send an email and be like, awesome. "Claudia, awesome. yeah. I can't make any of these meetings. I often have like ten or fifteen sales calls on my calendar in a single yeah. day." And then to have her be able to basically like, like just like fix all of them. <laughs> yeah. Like that would take me a day. Yeah. So, that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Not not only do I need you to cancel this, I need you to reschedule it. Yeah. Right. And like, I need and you to handle all the communication. And she'll do the email of like, hey, I'm sorry, Danielle's not available. Here's like, blah. And like, wow, that's a lot of time saved. Yeah. yeah. So I filled out the preference form today and it's really, really cool. They ask you like, where's the fav- where's your favorite place to eat? Oh, that's nice. Um, or where's your favorite place to take a coffee meeting? Where would you be, where would you prefer to be located? So they definitely take a lot of um, customized information. The landing page is beautiful too. It's very unique. Yeah. It starts. It has the text starts flowing or like I don't know. It just relaunched. That, that was that's pretty new. Is it new? And because I've gone to the website many times because I send it to people and yeah, I noticed that a few weeks ago and it's. I actually really want to ask them uh, how I did it. Yeah, because I'm not sure if it's exactly a GIF that's been turned into a video background or whether it's actually JavaScript doing it. If it's JavaScript, like whoa, that's pretty cool. amazing. Yeah. Michael is a pretty talented engineer. I could actually yeah, yeah imagine that. that he's done that. It's it is text. I can no no it's not. What is it? Ryan's a gift lover, so you I know. think it's. I thought <laughs> we were <laughs> out. It looks. I'm assuming it's JavaScript. It's not a GIF. 
So he would know when he yeah, saw one. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> and it feels sup- something. It's a little bit futuristic, but not in a weird futuristic like sci-fi way. Right. Yeah, it's kind of delightful. I love it. I mean, I think it's honestly. I think that it has made it possible for us to make money as fast as we have because as a business because it's just lets us look more professional and lets mm-hmm. us move faster so because I'm doing like 40 or 50 calls a week it's just not like what I was doing yeah. before to kind of put it in context is people are rescheduling all the time or like proposing yeah. different times so in between sales calls I would be like ah, I've got to go back to my inbox and like get this under control every moment I possibly can because I want to like not let my future pipeline dry up but now yeah. I don't have to worry I can just see like okay these are all calendar related supply with with her and like she takes yeah. over mm-hmm. and then the thing is you don't see the rest of the thread so that's oh, out right. of your inbox until it hits your calendar what it's happens if they ask you a question we'll she forwards it back to you and says this needs okay. your attention and then you just oh wow with it. Hmm. it's it's absolutely life-changing yeah what's the most impactful product that you've started using angela in the past month in your life in the past it, month? In the past month. Okay, maybe three months. Is there anything? Oh man, I'm a slow like... I'm a slow adopter. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna say Uber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only because it got me from my place in Palo Alto to the airport. Wait, you just started using it the past three months? Well, I have a car. Okay. <laughs> Who right. are you? I know. <laughs> yes. Who am I? Um, this is San Francisco. And I live in Palo Alto. Oh, okay. And so for me that well, was we'll really give you a pass. We'll give you <laughs> give me a pass. But I was actually talking since we were talking about um, being slow adopters. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter's been a big and new thing for me over the past year. And I found I've been finding it so helpful in terms of curating the information or like curing art, curating articles that I read yep. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I started with Feedly, but that just gives me all the feeds from every RS, RSS yep. feed that I follow. And that was just overwhelming because I would have like 3000 articles in, in yeah. my inbox to, to go over. So I, f- I have found Twitter to be a great source of information. Um, what got you into Twitter then, if it's been fairly recent? Um, the Danielle? Danielle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Boris. Um, and just, I, I just, yeah. I'm so surprised that all these VCs tweet constantly. I think there was some, some um, article that says Mark Andreessen tweets five hmm. times every hour. Yeah, I think it was something if you that's average it out. That's pretty amazing. That's, that's pretty amazing. And, and I just, I don't know, for me, I just constantly want to learn what people are thinking about and what better way to be connected to people than through Twitter. Yeah. I, it, love, I love Danielle's I tweet I like to read storms. your thoughts. Now that you're more, doing more than favoriting, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I was just so nervous when Danielle wrote, I'm going to stop, I'm going to unfollow you if you just favorite people. I'm like, oh shit, I need to start writing something important. Step up your game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wish we could just talk every day, but in, in lieu of that, I'd love to read your thoughts. I know. I know. So. I have an app for you, actually. I forgot that I started using yeah. it. This is another one I'm embarrassed to use. No. <laughs> so it's called Facetune and it lets you basically like do very quick photoshopping. Oh, really? of people and I think everyone every friend you have appreciates this so like it's not that you like massively change things you make people's teeth whiter you make their skin smoother you fix mm. the lighting so you can photoshop your selfies you can photoshop your selfies <laughs> I'm sure that's the main use that's certainly I use it all the time <laughs> see if you can find out internet like which ones of mine are real or fake but I mean I feel on some level I was joking to my mom because she was like never post a photo of me without using that again without face too because she's you know like she's like I want my skin to look perfect I want to look 20 mm-hmm. years younger so I'm a little embarrassed to use it, but it's awesome. I cannot believe someone created an app where you can Photoshop basically with your fingers. Like, yeah. Because there's so much complexity to that, you would think. So I saw this app. I'm taking a 
picture myself right now. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my gosh, it's gonna be a really bad picture. But so it's called Insta 3D, and it's not been on Product Hunt, but I, I saw it pop up on my Twitter feed, and it looks silly. You take a picture, and then it creates a 3D model of your face on like a little oh, doll. Dude. And it's scanning my face right now. Let's see if it works. Wait, it, while you're doing that, I have to show you. I have the before and after of my current profile picture on Twitter. Oh, you used Ooh, you, you facetuned it. So I, when, I, when I smile, one of my eyes isn't open as much as the other, and it really bothers me. So I was like, I can fix this. So here's what it looks like right now, and that's the before. Oh wow! Look how Whoa. different it is. And I made my teeth whiter and my skin smoother. They're both me, but one of them is more perfect than the other. <laughs> how did you do that? It's uncanny valley shit, that's, guys. Yeah, that's kind of impressive. Uh, yeah. So I mean, to show you how to do it, it's like take, it actually takes a while because you have to do all these like different things. But like, you can reshape things. Oh. You that's can fun. like. What's this one? You can, um, we'll just accept that change. You could like smooth my skin more, so you could like really like smooth it, so I look really like really Creepy. really photoshopped. I think this is uh, the one that I downloaded, and then I just like the, the most recent picture I had. Oh, that's is a really creepy. You look really shiny right now. Yeah, I'm really shiny. <laughs> so like, look at this before and after. Like, it's actually crazy. You start Whoa. to look like a different person. You can. Uh, you look a little like avatarish kind of. Oh, you just, just made you just your neck longer. You look like an yeah, alien I mean, really here, like I can make myself look like an alien. There, there's alien Danielle. You should change. It. Okay, so I was joking around, but I think I'm gonna do this, and now I'm just totally spoiling it. But I want to start changing my photo on on Twitter like slightly once a day until it looks totally different than what it is today, but but ever so slightly so that people don't notice and just see if anyone mentions it. You should do it. that. You, you should slowly you should make do your that. eyes wider. with Facetune. Yeah. The yeah. cool thing is like, um, on the flip side, I've like. Photoshop friends sometimes where I'm like, you know what, like, she doesn't look perfect in this picture and the truth is she's gonna hate that I posted it, but like the memory was so great that I don't wanna like not post anything. And so, mm. th like, so no one really cares like whether your teeth were really that white or whether your skin was that smooth, but like the per other person cares a lot. So it, on the kinder stuff. side of it, it's like, the me like in the moment, the person feels awesome. And so it's kind of sad that the picture doesn't reflect, like it's kind of the whole, why doesn't our outside reflect how we feel on the inside thing. Mm -hmm. So I kind of think it's, like sort of kind if you like think about it that way like i want to look perfect in all my pictures i'm like <laughs> you guys <laughs> i do too so that's what i love about instagram and filters is that it just adds that little bit of layer so it, mm -hmm. you don't feel as self-conscious mm -hmm. yeah and yeah. it makes people post more yeah and share more so that's pretty, i think it's cool i don't yeah. i've never i don't know how i found this app that's one of the weird things is like this is the first app in a long time that no one told me about it i think i actually was cruising the app store for like really? stuff and just ended up downloading it did it pop on metamark maybe uh, probably that's probably yeah. I'm always yeah. curious yeah do you download or try a lot of apps or products that you find through Metamark I'll go on binges I do that. Yeah. so I actually like to cruise the e-commerce and hardware sections of Metamark because I'm like I'm just personally interested in those yeah uh, I mean e-commerce because you're like I want to find cool new places to buy stuff yeah and hardware because you're like well it's just a really interesting space I think so yeah, yeah. I go through there and I look at the top like 100 companies just mm -hmm. to see what's kind of up and coming. Mm -hmm. That's actually yeah. why I downloaded Front App because it's the top like mm -hmm. highest momentum company in the current YC batch. Yeah, I think I saw so I something I on I Twitter. Too, yeah. Speaking of Twitter again, uh, pass by on that. Yeah, how do you like Front so far? I've been thinking about using it on product time, but I just haven't taken the plunge. The problem for me is that I've already got a process in place that works okay, so it's not 10x better and I'm yeah. it's harder to switch. But I've, I use um, Boomerang for email. Mm. Okay. Um, and so I, like, I have enough other things that help me deal with that. And then I use Buffer for 
Twitter. So it's like, is is Front going to be 10x better than Buffer for scheduling and sharing? Yeah. I don't think it is. So yeah. And you were using Relate IQ for a while, right? Oh, I use Relate IQ yeah. every day. Yeah. 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 I'm a, I, I'm an investor or was an investor in Relate IQ, so mm-hmm. caveat that. They just got acquired, right? Yeah. Right. Salesforce. Salesforce. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Big. It's a great product. Yeah. Agreed. I love Buffer. Mm-hmm. They just released their Buffer. Mac app too. Oh, they did? Yeah. Like two, oh, two weeks well, ago. Well, I'm going to download that. Okay, another thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> another thing. I mean, we need a Mattermark desktop app. What would, that, what would be different, though? Like, So the interesting thing is, do you just recreate the web experience, or do you do something different that you can only do on the desktop? I mean, you can do this on the web, technically, but you could do some interesting notifications or something. I don't know. Do, oh, do investors want to be notified in real time of certain uh, events? Sometimes they would. News. Sometimes. I mean... You could have a feed. Yeah. You could kind of have, like... Yeah, you, Hmm. So there's actually... You know, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that most... Well, investors outside of just VCs probably aren't using Macs. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I, I do. think people who make a lot of money use Macs. At home. At work, though, there's still like... Yeah. I mean, how often we run into people that are like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, we... If we, we work like, with bankers and stuff, <laughs> they all use PCs still. Right. Yeah. That's outside mm-hmm. of VCs. VCs all use Macs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Oh, they man, don't, they yeah, don't want our to be like a media founder with, without a Mac. Right, they're like, yeah, we, we actually can't use anything other than IE. And, like, and only this like, version You're one old. of the richest companies in the world and you can only use IE? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's because all their proprietary software is probably like optimized right. for that. That's how it was yeah. when I worked at a credit union. Exactly. It was super old and we had IE. It might have been IE6. Right. Right. This is like five years ago, four years ago. It's really funny yeah. the things that don't work in IE. They're, they're definitely weird, like gradients and like semi-transparent overlays. Like lots of... I'm a friendly person, but I'm like, ah, like, <laughs> why did you do this, like, to me? I know, so painful. Thankfully, now, most people on Product Hunt are on Chrome. On Chrome, yeah. And yeah. I probably, like, definitely single digits. But you'll know you made it big when they're high. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's when we know we hit, we'll be at 10%. Like, yeah, that's really good, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's when we're mainstream. Totally. <laughs> that's crossing the I can't wait. I think you guys could totally be mainstream. So, yeah. can we talk about you guys? Sure. Yeah. Sure. What do you want to talk about? Like, well, I mean, the mainstream thing is really interesting. Yeah. Like, people are talking about products everywhere, not just, like, forums. I remember mm-hmm. hanging out on forums a lot. Do you guys do that ever, like, in the past, around certain, like, stuff you loved? Mm-hmm. Certain things. Like, I hung out in on Slick Deals and Fat Wallet when I was always deal hunting and trying to buy and sell stuff. And I hung out in IRC. We were talking about IRC right before we started chatting mm-hmm. and, uh, to download a bunch of um, not legal stuff. And... <laughs> But never, like, forums. I never really participated in, like, communities, really. It was more like, like, social, like, with friends and stuff. I think that forums are, like, this sort of lost thing we are talking about before we got on here about the 90s and just, like, the early internet. Yeah. My dad restores wooden boats. This is just one example. And there's, like, a whole forum, a whole, like, really in-depth community uh, for wooden boats. It turns out there's a society for wooden boats in Seattle, society. right? They get together and they, like, do things. Hmm. Um, and I just would imagine for every thing that people could be passionate about, there's, like, a place where they go and they just like in-depth talk about it so yeah, like totally. huge you guys gamers. feel like that to me like, yeah mm-hmm. forums are huge like gamers are huge in forums yeah yeah they are i so i used to work in the video game industry my dad owned a video game store when i grew up so i've been around video games my entire life and yeah there's a huge huge well the the video game community identifies themselves as gamers so mm-hmm. you know product hunt is like a bunch of product people however you define that but like startup people and they kind of identify themselves as that and I certainly believe that something like Product Hunt could expand to like a gamer community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's so many games out there too and a need for curation, especially on mobile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was actually a service called, a website called List'em Up. And it was on Product Hunt over the weekend. And it's a 
product hunt for mobile games and it has the same kind of uh, name tagline kind of approach and comments and circle profile icons and everything and you know it's it's very small and it hasn't really like pushed on traction but you know yeah i think there's an opportunity in gaming and many other categories of products can we talk about the draft post you wrote Yes, I wanted. Yeah. I wanted to get your feedback because you tweeted at me and you're like, I have some thoughts about this. And oh, I loved so, it. So everyone else uh, that didn't read the post, we so ever since like I don't know February or January this year, people have been building different product hunt hacks. Someone built a leaderboard. Another person integrated product hunt feed into their hacker news and designer news iOS app. Uh, someone built a product hunt alert system. So if you are a founder, just like you can do on Hacker News, people have built this. You can put your domain and it will text message you when you're posted on Product Hunt mm-hmm. and several other things. And so, you know, we it makes me a little bit nervous first that they're scraping the site and building all this stuff without our permission and without any of our control or visibility. But at the same time, it's awesome because now people in the community want to build cool things that I will never build or even think to build. Mm-hmm. And so we're building an API and that'll be out soon and we're just going to see what happens. But at the same time, I'm a little nervous, like what's going to happen? <laughs> what makes you nervous? What makes me nervous is, so there's there's the kind of irrational fear, frankly, that someone will build a competitor and they'll use the data uh, against us. And that I know is like not really a huge real concern. The bigger concern is that people will start <laughs> using something that someone else built. Let's say an iOS app. They built an iOS app and now... 20, 30% of product hunt people are using that app. I now have no control over that app. Mm-hmm. And also I don't have any visibility into how people are using it. So you, don't want, you don't want people to use, like build TweetBot. Exactly, I mean, Twitter had the extreme example where it, and they, they approached it really poorly because they said, hey, here's this API, go ahead, go wild. Mm-hmm. And when they did that, then they pulled the rug on from, from under everyone and said, okay, you can't do all these things. So when we open up the API, I wanna be really clear on what you can and can't do. And I'm still defining what that means, but mm-hmm. You know, it. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, we kind of have some of the same fears with Mattermark, right? Like any product yeah. where you have data that's valuable, I think you always have this concern. But then you made you made a really good point as you were talking about it that like a lot of the stuff you would never have thought of or you wouldn't have built, and so it's sort of the like let a thousand poppies bloom. Yeah. But the Twitter example is really sad, right? I mean, I don't think anything has disappointed the developer community more than the way Twitter's handled their API, yeah. and I hope like people who did that who are listening, like you should feel ashamed of yourselves like in the sense that it's just a like sad thing to watch so much creativity just basically be laid to waste yeah um yeah i felt like i can just relate to that fear and i personally feel like because um if, we're, if what you're doing is valuable it's not just the data like your mm-hmm. community is what makes it valuable and the way it feels to be in the mm-hmm. community has to be the value and like hopefully through like social pressure you can encourage other people to like carry that through but mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure that like no data is protectable anyway yeah like the, it wants to be free yeah. and even Mattermark, like i'm saying that as i charge a lot of money for a data product like almost everything we charge a lot of money for today will be free like in the future and we'll have to find new things to charge for yeah so i think it's just like an execution problem who's going to execute faster on finding the next valuable thing and yeah. hopefully if you're in the heart of your problem right. then you're going to be the one who knows where to go next but like actually all those other people will lead you there too. They'll tell yeah. you like, here's where the value is. So right. I feel like it's just a trade-off. It's like you have to take the risk, but then the reward you get is you've got thousands of smart people thinking about like, well, where should this go? Totally. And mm-hmm. if you have the community building products on top of it, like what better way to invest them in the service and in the community than having them actually be a part of it? At some point yeah. you have to stop trying to protect 
this sounds really weird, I guess, but stop trying to protect how much money you're going to make and just be like, yeah. do I want all this stuff to exist in the world? Like, yeah, you really yeah, do. That's a good point. And that's more important and you have to like believe that you could go find more value. Like it's what? not a one-off that you made this thing successful. Like you're right. the common denominator. Yeah. What if Mattermark though was completely open and yeah. you exposed mm-hmm. all of the data? Huh. <laughs> I, did I did not. We, yeah, that would be a really... We'd ask ourselves this all the time. We'd ask yeah. ourselves this all the time. And what would your business model be? I mean, there's so many questions. I don't know, but, but like, what if there was no time. business model and we just... You don't need money. This is actually. How do you clear up? I mean, think I'm about sure as, a, as your okay. investor. Okay, but seriously, I'm all that excited about this. Well, here's what I pitch Angela. Like, I mean, this is basically where we're headed, right? Yeah. If data wants to be free, then things will continue to be mm-hmm. free, and new things will be paid for. If it was, if it was free, think about the ads you run on Google, right? Yeah. So, like, the you guys have all bought CPC ads. You can, you spend maybe like a dollar or two per click at like the higher end. Maybe you go crazy and you like have some reason to buy the really expensive stuff, but most people are paying pennies. Yeah. Well, the, all the questions that people ask Mattermark are really high value questions or they're tied to like really high value activities. So the kinds of ads you could imagine showing in relation to those activities, like these are lead gen opportunities worth hundreds or thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost like a, a thing that can't exist yet. Like the internet, I don't know if it's ready for like a premium, massive AdWords, but like mm-hmm. if native advertising works, and like people figure out how to do that, then you could imagine putting stuff that like people pay, maybe not even mm-hmm. on conversion. I have no idea. I mean, we—I don't know if this will ever happen, but we certainly aspire to be, you know, basically a B two B search engine, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. that would naturally have a lot of opportunity for other business models. Yeah. But like, yeah, if it was free right now, you could just like fuck up the whole industry, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I honestly love. Like there's a part of me that just wants like, Andy knows he's kind of smiling. Like I, anytime that there's an opportunity to like fuck with everything, like I'm very compelled toward it. And I'm just like, maybe I should just do it. Like just, just to see what happens. Just for one day. Yeah. Like that's, really that's an interesting idea. One hmm. week free Mattermark. Like do a Mattermark, hack- Mattermark hackathon. hackathon. Do yes. it. We're going to do a product on Hackathon at one yes. point. That's really, that is actually in the territory of scary, but it could yeah. be awesome. We have an API, so like people could certainly do that. Um, yeah, no, if it was free, I think that there would be a much more free-flowing exchange. Like There's huge asymmetry of information in entrepreneurship. I think yep. founders mostly don't even realize it, uh, and investors don't realize that they perpetuate it. It's not like they're trying to make things that way. It's just mm-hmm. that like you've got a professional investor over here and a professional maker, and they're just focused on different things. So. Yeah. It could be a really cool future, though. We're really excited yeah. about it. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. We do product hunt and Mattermark hackathon, and then we'll mash them together and see what happens. Okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why we're, don't we? Okay. With it, after demo day, we're gonna do one. Uh, yeah. Like don't do anything until weeks. demo day. I yeah. can't believe you're here. I know. I, know. <laughs> I guess it's your job, so that's pretty. <laughs> sweet. I know, and it's fun. Yeah. You know, excuse to hang out. <laughs> yeah, this is like your decompression. Exactly. This is, this is really his yeah. therapy right now. It yeah. is. You know, I was talking about kindly. Well, this is this is my kindly. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Test it out in the real world first. Yeah. So this was awesome. This was really fun. I knew this would be a good crew. Anything you guys want to plug? I mean, I'll plug Mattermark. Mattermark? <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I have no you know, shame. I'm actually going to plug something else. I mean, so Mattermark's got 300,000 companies that you can research in it, and you can do cool stuff with the data. And, you know, to Ryan's point, like, it can be free in the sense that we give you three, 30 days free, which is plenty of time to build a great list and go do yeah. some research. And if we help you find a deal, you're going to want to keep paying. So, and if we don't, like, I totally understand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, get in touch with us. I wasn't actually going to plug something else. I was just going to make a joke and say Mattermark, so. 
Yeah. I killed it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny. I, I would shamelessly plug every one of our portfolio companies, but you can just yeah. check out version1ventures.com if you have a uh, early stage startup that you want to pitch. Sweet. And your Twitter handle? A-T Kingens, K-I-N-G-Y-E-N-S. And it's Danielle Morrill, double L, double R, double L. It's long. I know. <laughs> At least you don't do like underscore or like underscore, underscore like people do sometimes. Like, or maybe like on. an asterisk in between each letter. Yeah, it's confusing. Yeah. You're, I can't remember. Sparkzilla, Sparkzilla. I'm Sparkzilla. 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 Yeah. So my last name is Sparks. That's right. And it's just Zilla, like Godzilla. Zilla. Nice. And maybe we should talk wow. about your uh, Twitter follower competition. Oh yeah, so this is, this is actually on the topic of serious things. Yeah. Uh, so Danielle obviously has quite the Twitter following. She has 20,000 followers. I have a measly 2,000. Mm-hmm. And uh, she challenged me to a Chris Dixon, Mark Andreessen style challenge to get more Twitter followers than her. Uh, I, th- I, don't, I don't know if they oh, quite had like a 10x difference. They did. Was- Can you use Fiverr? Because you can buy well, like, I think 5, that'd 000. be cheap though. Like, I, yeah. I have an aversion to cheating that way. Like, I want, <laughs> yeah. I want like real. Fo- I don't care if, like, if there are bots that follow me. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to do it, you could. Like, if you bought them, it wouldn't be a problem. How about okay. lists? Are you counting? Are you counting lists? We're not counting lists. It's follower count. Just raw follower it's follower count. count. Follower count. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, get which Be- is fun. Get Bieber to follow you. That'll give you a thousand Bieber bots. And yeah, that's all. Just like if I just Bieber. tweeted yeah. Bieber every day. Yeah. For a while. Maybe. And I think we have I to measure. I think you're really interesting. I don't think that you need to cheat. I think that you just have to be more active. I just Twitter, like people will follow you. It's when, once you really get out. It's like a commitment, though, right? Have no you way, noticed? I don't tweet during tweet the day. I only tweet at night right. and in the morning. Then you like, buffer everything else. I don't. I mean, everything else is. I don't really tweet during the day. No, yeah. Twitter. Twitter is a lot of fun because you get certain people that are actually engaged, and then you yeah. actually like when you meet someone that you only knew on Twitter. Remember that oh, happened a long time ago. <laughs> the first time that happened to me was like 2000. How does it? Like, 10 or something when I was out with a friend of mine in Washington DC at a conference and he turns to this girl from the conference and he's like are you so and so and she's like uh, yeah <laughs> and he's like I follow you on Twitter and it wasn't weird yeah. actually at all because it was like this it was a summit where everyone was there for the same purpose yeah and that was the first time and then he always joked after that like because they became friends like how do you guys meet Twitter. Yeah, Twitter Twitter I met so many people through Twitter it makes the world very small it's really weird especially yeah. in San Francisco yeah mm-hmm. definitely yeah. it's a totally life changing product yeah Twitter's the best. Can I plug cool. one more thing? Yeah. <laughs> so I realize that most people listening probably would really prefer to um, sign up for our free newsletter that comes out every day. So we have a newsletter yeah. called Mattermark Daily. And all it does is it curates the best content coming directly from founders or investors. So no tech crunch, no news stories, only first person accounts of what the experience is doing those two jobs. And we, we like love it. I'm as passionate about it as I am about our product. Um, and uh, it's got about... 18,000 readers now and nice. we, we really love it so um, you can just go to mattermark.com and there's a spot right below the fold where you can subscribe sweet I, mm-hmm. I read it every day it's one of the I, I, I read like your email stuff based oh shucks yeah I like email based products and it, it complements what you guys do well thanks for having me yeah thanks, thanks for, for having us thanks yeah.